0: uh uh-huh, uh uh-huh. Yeah. Would it help if I just did the entire episode as Macho Man Randy Savage?
1: <laughs> it would, yeah. <laughs> 249 of 20 minute times. this is the flagship podcast, I'm your host Jamie and I'm joined by Stephen, good evening, and Melly, yes, so we knew it was going to happen, Celtic relinquished the Premier League title for the first time in 9 seasons in the, the meekest of fashion, uh, in his final season, and his first stint, boys, Neil Lennon wrapped up the earliest league title win in history, with a 5-1 away win. To the newly promoted at the time Partick Thistle In match of 26 In his final season in his second term We see the 10-0 Dream snuffed out Even earlier than that Which is absolutely unbelievable And a 0-0 draw away to newly promoted Dundee United It was only four seasons ago that Celtic stormed to an invincible treble A team of unarguable domestic dominance With our closest challengers, Rangers Scrambling from disaster to disaster From joke signing to joke signing From dud manager to dud manager uh, we've been doing this podcast, we have unarguably seen the greatest club side that this country has ever produced in a generation. But a club created from scratch only nine years ago, and who only finally, arguably got their act together two or three years ago, has managed to completely reverse the balance of power. For me, Stephen O'Malley, the biggest issue here, the most galling thing is that the custodians of our club, on their watch, have seen us, Muller and Rangers, embarrassing them at every opportunity to not just finish slightly behind them, no matching them, but being well, well off the pace. Melly, what do you make of the title being surrendered?
2: It's pathetic from Celtic, absolutely pathetic. And it's something we've spoke about on this podcast a lot. Yes, Celtic have had domestic dominance, but in the background we're going, lads, this isn't good enough. The signings we're making aren't as good as they were previously. The quality in the team is being chipped away. And do you know what Celtic have got? What's been coming to them? Because they haven't done what they should have done. They should have had a completely different structure. They should have been better in the transfer market. And then this season, when we asked for things like change, management change, they didn't deliver. And even when it got to January and they didn't sign MD, apart from a right back, you knew knew it was curtains then. So this is what's been coming. And I said on the preview show yesterday, look, I sort of made peace with Celtic, not winning the league because I knew it's been coming for a long time. seeing them win it that really hurt me as well
0: guys it's only march keep the faith we can turn (laughs) this around no title is ever lost in march that that's simply impossible i don't know what you are talking about all we need to do is win the remaining games etc etc no hasty decisions will be made (laughs) no it's absolutely appalling and just i mean purely on the the football side of things we've been over this so many times but they The only thing remaining for this dreadful season was to try and finish the season in some kind of respectable fashion. Something. Put a bit of pressure on to try and cut the gap down so that it was at least... You know, history wouldn't show that it was 20 plus points in the end. But we can't even do that. We can't even do that. It's been lurching from one embarrassment to the next. I feel like I personally have let Celtic away with absolute murder recently, just in the last three months, because I've been critical, I've been very critical on here, but even still, I've still been letting them away with murder, because I keep adjusting my expectations based on the garbage I've been served up of late. Right, okay, the league's gone, but we can can we at least win some games? Right, okay, we can't, but can we at least play well? No, we can't do that either. Right, can we at least score some goals? Every time I set the bar, even lower than it was before, they fail to clear it. And now we're in the position where the league is completely and utterly gone by the first weekend in March, which is yeah, diabolical. At the very least, we could have kept us going. Yeah, beat them at Celtic Park, and then maybe have, have forced them to work for it a wee bit, cut that gap down a wee bit. No, that, that's all gone. That's all gone. Surrendered meekly in March.
1: You're right, Stephen. The bar could not have been lower. We couldn't. No. The, the bar over the last couple of weeks that us as fans have set for this club, because we all knew the league wasn't going to happen. We knew yeah. the league. It was only a matter of time. But the bar we've set for this team, for this group of players, especially because the manager's at the way now. So there's no expectation we can possibly place on Neil Lennon. He's fled the scene. But the expectation levels that we've set for these players. It's rock bottom. I mean, we are... You, you, you want to call Celtic fans entitled? All we're... We've, we've got lower expectations of this team now than somebody supporting Kilmarnock or Hamilton.
3: We want you <laughs> to go and beat Dundee yeah.
1: United. That's all we asked this weekend. H- how much lower do our expectations need to be for them to be met? It's, it's honestly ridiculous. And we'll talk about the game in a minute, Melly, but we, I want to stay on this for a wee bit. But you said, you know, the signings haven't been good enough. We've discussed the signings. We don't need we don't need to go over old ground again. But you've also said that we should have changed the structure. And I think I'm not putting words in your mouth, but tell me if I'm wrong. What you're saying is this massive advantage we've had over the couple of over the last couple of years, both financially and both in terms of winning and creating a winning atmosphere around the club. It's we've not really reinvested any of that capital in no. the the club setup. So what we are left with just now is. It, ridiculous as it may seem somewhat of a rebuild when we should we should already be in the habit of winning the rebuild should have gradually taken place over the last couple of seasons we shouldn't be looking at Rangers now going God we need a a coaching structure like them or God we need a director of football and this should have been happening way before now
2: yeah it should have been what you were saying earlier about Celtic winning the Invincible treble. I always think the double treble team was the best squad I've seen at Celtic for a long, long time. When you think of the, the options we had in that team. And if I take that squad to the squad now, this is just a cheap imitation of that team. A cheap imitation where, it's a phrase I've used already tonight, I've used it over the seasons in this. If you chip away at the quality in the team, what you're left with is going to be... It won't be as good, of course it won't be as good if you don't replace it, and we've seen it with, started with Dembele leaving, not replaced at all, Patrick Roberts left, not replaced, Stuart Armstrong, Dedrick Boyata, even guys like Kieran Tierney of course had one, but even like Mikel Lustig, he was left over a year ago, you think, just go out and get a right-back. And now we're in the position where we need a right-back again because the two we brought in have now left. Celtic haven't been in a position to replace good players going out, whilst the rest of the team ages. When you look at Celtic's team, now the best players are the guys that were still there under Rogers, Edward, McGregor, Christie. They've not brought MD in that's made a solid contribution and has came in for... He's a really good player. He can go on and do something. There's nothing like that at Celtic now. And what we spoke about over the years as well with the structure and all that is Celtic's plan. We look, we look complacent now. We look arrogant. Our plan was always stay one step ahead of Rangers. We'll see if that's your plan. You best not stumble. And Celtic tripped up majorly. They fell and Rangers have walked all over them. And this is what they get. And we've said it for years. All fans have been saying we have to get better at things. But no, they knew better than us. The board knew better. Everything they were doing was fine. And yes, we did with domestic dominance. But in Europe, we were in an embarrassment. And this is what happens. Rangers done it the other way. They got good in Europe and knew that would fall into place. We just got complacent.
1: This this lead that Celtic have blown, Stephen, um, that the people running the club have blown, and we'll get th- through it, but it all it's all come to a head at the worst possible time. You know, 10 in a row, there's no point denying it, 10 in a row was the dream. That was yeah. the dream. We were all chasing it. We've been singing about it for years. That was the culmination of all these years' work was supposedly building towards this moment. And one thing that's annoying me slightly is this tone coming for the club like, we can't win everything. Right, yeah. okay. But, but see, at the beginning of the season, you were saying we're going for 10 in a row. See, when you, were ta- see when you released the Adidas strips, it was all 10 years in the making. Everything was angled towards 10 in a row. So see now that we are annoyed and pissed off that we've no won 10 in a row because of mistakes that you made. Don't turn around to us and go, what do you mean 10 in a row? It's not a big deal. We can't even win forever.
0: <laughs> I, don't, I know. They're, those two things can't exist at the same time. You're, you're absolutely right. It's, it's ridiculous. And 10 in a row is obviously gone. And the way I'm feeling just now, I don't ever want to hear about it again. I don't want to hear about 10 in a row. See, that when Celtic eventually. And they will. They'll get eventually back to winning the leagues. I don't want to hear about 10 in a row because what we've found out the, the absolutely heartbreakingly hard way here is that the current structure at the club is not equipped to deal with, with something like that, deal with the pressure of something like that. It became no more than a punt. It became a gamble to win 10 in a row. They bet the house on it and lost everything. So no no sensible decisions were made at all. Behind the scenes, it must have just been like, oh, see if we can just get to 10. Right, then we'll change. Then we'll, yeah. Then we'll do something about it. Then we'll stop the rot. After we won ten, rather than taking the proactive approach and making sure we won ten, and I'm not coming at this from a point of view that we are entitled to win leagues, that we have a god given right to win leagues, but when you're the overwhelming favourites to win the league, then we have a right to at least place a a deal of expectation on it. There's been a lot of notion that
1: we. Sorry, this notion that we were only favourites, like. Yeah. You shouldn't. I've said it before. You shouldn't. You, oh, we don't have to win forever. Right. we're not asking you to win forever. We're not asking you to win 10 league titles in a year. What we're saying to you is you should be the most equipped team. The Scottish Premier League is a bum league. It's a bum league full of teams yeah. that you could just <laughs> stroll right through. And that's that's the truth. I'm not being disrespectful. Well, I'm being disrespectful to other clubs, but Rangers have made mincemeat of this league.
0: Yeah.
1: We should have, we should at least be on the coattails. You know, if you want to just take this weekend's game, we shouldn't be drawing that game. Never in a million years. And we've all come to accept it, Stephen, like you were saying. What it's a draw against Dundee United who got brought up for the championship last last <laughs> uh, last month, last month, last season. It's a mental thing.
0: And We're just like, Oh, well, it was inevitable though we didn't create enough chances. it's unbelievable to me. I know. And and see on the thing about Rangers form, yes, it has been extremely good this season and there's there's been a lot of talk about how there's very little Celtic could have done anyway because the form of Rangers was so good, and, and I accept that. Right, you look at their. Well, hold on. I'm going. To, I'm going to qualify it. I'm going to say mm. that there, there is something that you could have done. People forget that Celtic have already played them twice. So, and didn't lay a glove on them. So that has contributed to their good form this season. That has contributed to the fact that they're undefeated to date. As we record this, they're still undefeated. So Celtic had two opportunities there to put a dent in that before we even talk about all the points that have been dropped elsewhere. So they haven't competed with them on the pitch. They've barely registered a shot on target against Rangers this season. So don't tell me that there's nothing they could have done. Yes, most of the games are outside of Celtic's control but we've played against them twice this season and have not scored a goal against them. So they have contributed to their admittedly impressive form.
1: I think you're looking at it the wrong way. I think you you you, you I mean we're along the same track, but I think about it slightly differently. Rangers and C- Rangers form and Celtics form almost exist in parallel with each other until these games when they meet. So see what Rangers are doing to Hibbs, Aberdeen, St. Mirren, Dundee United. Celtics should be doing that. At the very yeah, least. Yeah. And then and then if the only difference was these two. Glasgow Derby's, then we could look at it and go, right, well, they got the better of us in the two games. But it's just this notion that we've been awful all season. This Celtic season hasn't started, Melly. It's I would love, and I might get the opportunity, we'll talk about this for a minute. I would love to sit down in front of all the players, but we'll never get that opportunity and ask them how many of them think they honestly get pass marks for this season? Because they've no they've no started. And the season is all intents and purposes over now. Callum McGregor's never really given us any sustained performances Odds Redbird's never really given us any sustained performances, all the new signings you can forget about them rank, I mean you could go through the whole team with the exception of maybe Christopher Ayer and Greg hmm. Taylor of all people, I don't think you'd give pass marks to any of them
2: No I don't think so but unfortunately the season has started, the season started a long time ago and it was up to Celtic to turn up, now we done this under Ronnie Dyler where we got to April and said oh maybe they'll turn up and they'll beat Rangers in that fateful semi-final when it was staring us right in the face, it wasn't a good team. It wasn't a good team, but we couldn't admit it to ourselves. Again, with this Celtic team, they're not a good team. They've got good players, but they're not a good team. They're a shadow of their former selves. They're they really lack in any sort of quality, any confidence, any swagger, any sort of pace in the team. And what you're saying about Rangers is true. Yes, maybe Celtic would get beat by... Rangers down the line And maybe if Celtic were good this season It wouldn't have been enough But right now we should be We should be on our coattails Because we we should have beaten everybody else The amount of points we've dropped To bottom six teams To Aberdeen teams Who can barely win a game right now Hibs, Aberdeen, third and fourth in the league They're absolutely terrible The rest of the league is really poor And Celtic have dropped points in 12 games It's completely unacceptable the way it's happened Especially when this time last season A year ago was... When Celtic beat St Mirren 5-0, 13 points ahead of Rangers to now, what, be 18 points behind them or something like that. That is a massive, massive thing. And Celtic, I think, are maybe 16 points off what they were this time last season. And How does that happen, considering we've got pretty
1: much the same team? And Stephen, I don't believe for a minute these stories that are coming out of Celtic Park that there was... It, these stories aren't coming out of Celtic Park, but you're given the impression that within the club, there's this defeatist attitude, and we've been saying it for months, you hear excuses. It's an it's an it's an atmosphere of excuses that come out mm, of the club, yeah. but it's almost like nothing could have prevented this. It's like yeah. I feel like that is I feel like that's what the vibe is. Nothing could have prevented this. This season never got going, and it's I know I just said. And there are, as far as I'm concerned, almost everyone associated with this season, apart for a couple of players, is a disgrace for for the, the effort levels they've put in, and you couldn't possibly tell me that you know, oh, well, this is a, decide this is a thing. Because although these factors may exist and the mitigating circumstances may exist, the they, other clubs have found a way to navigate them.
0: Yeah, and uh, as what you're saying, the extinction level event has arrived. Is that upon us now? That yeah. has been brought upon us. Mm. Yeah, the, look, the, no, you're right about the excuses. There, there is a, an awful lot of that, right all the way down to daft, Burner accounts appearing on Twitter, with armed with every excuse under the sun, and it's it's kind of mortifying. And a popular excuse around just now is that well, football's just mental now. Football's just weird. You can't predict any of it. Oh, look what's happening elsewhere. Football's just it's just bizarre. World out there. A, a wee bit of myth busting here, right? That, that a, a lot of um, chat is about looking at Liverpool and seeing how poorly they're doing at the moment and saying, well, you know, that's kind of like Celtic, isn't it? You know, some teams kind of handle the pandemic. We're special. At no point in the last 30 years have Liverpool been in a position that Celtic were. No, At no point. Mm. to, To compare their level of dominance to the Celtics is absurd. Liverpool, in only... Maybe the last two seasons have been in a position where they can even challenge for the league. Yes, they ran away with it last year, but that was the exception. And now Man City are well and truly back on top, like they've been for the last four or five years. Man City were the favourites going into this season, despite the fact Liverpool won by 20-odd points last season. That's not the position Celtic were in at all. Liverpool have Mm. fallen off a cliff because they've had a ton of injuries and they've not improved their team in any meaningful way in three years. Not because football is just weird now, so I'm not I'm not buying this excuse that's starting to leak out of these places. And the thing about these these accounts that appear on Twitter with all these excuses, it was fun, but know when time is up. Know when know when your time has hmm. expired, and maybe time to just chuck it now that the season is over. I'm not having the, the Liverpool comparison because you look around football at the moment, nothing looks all that weird to me. I know that has been painted that the the COVID pandemic has just upset the apple cart and football's just all over the place. But really, very few leagues look any different to how I would expect them to. Most of the leagues are led by giants of the countries. Italy, Spain. Let me ask you a question then,
1: because you've touched on something I was going to touch on. What if this responds to COVID, right? What if this existed entirely within the four walls of Lennox Town? What if this is the culture that was created within this club, Melly? What if this excuse culture, this, oh God, it's this, it's that, we're being punished for this, we're being punished for that. I don't see any issue. And again, as we always have been in this podcast, open for anyone at the club that wants to come and explain it to us. I don't see any issue, Melly, that could have arisen for this club that they couldn't have boxed their way out of. Even this stuff about already beat the and goalie games, meaning we were behind the eight ball and all that, that puts pressure on Rangers to maintain it. So there's there's equal pressure on us to catch up the distance as there is to rate for Rangers to maintain it in a position that we've never been in before, but they managed it and we didn't, they? and we are getting told, well, uh, it was difficult. So I, I think I'm starting to worry that this culture of excuses, this defeatist, this crumbling to the pressure, this what they might call COVID circumstances, and I'm not talking about, you know, obviously COVID affected everyone's life. I'm talking about it from a footballing sporting perspective, your only dear listener. I'm I'm worried that this is something that existed only within the four walls of Lennox Town. It is, I'm completely
2: convinced of it. I think you're spot on because this year I've been trying to read more books, trying to be smart in that, but uh, the first oh, two yeah, I've have you been read reading. two?
1: Have you read two books? I've you... tried
2: to do one a month, uh, trying right. to power through. But So far I've read the Bass and Vegas. <laughs> I read a book a week, so... <laughs> oh, do you? Oh,
1: well, check, check the big brain on Stephen, eh? <laughs>
2: Uh, so so far I've read Arsene Wenger and Carlo. <laughs> Sorry mate, Go. So so far I've read uh, and Carlo Ancelotti, and it's all about building cultures, taking excuses away from the team, having the big standards. Carlo Ancelotti talked about when he went to PSG, and he he thought I'm going to a big club, and he was just astounded at the standards at the club, just weren't a big team. I had to change everything inside the the sort of training ground to get it up to standard. And I think that's exactly what Celtic are lacking. Neil Lennon's just let standards slip. They were there under Brendan Rodgers, and it was what we all feared when he came in, that the standards would drop. that's what's happened. You need to create a culture within a team that just creates a winning machine. And that was there. So why is that diminished over the last two seasons to end in this? Because... Rangers, for they were, have been decent this year. If they were under pressure, would they be winning these matches as easily? No, they wouldn't. But the culture within Celtic doesn't allow that because it's always, it's somebody else's fault. And see what you said about the bowl and goal gate. Mm. That should never, ever be used as an excuse for Celtic at all because it's an absolute nonsense. Celtic missed two games because of that. One of them they replayed two weeks later against St Mirren, so it was one game. The one thing that is probably had the biggest effect on this season is the Scottish Cup run. We missed two games because we had the semi-final and the final and because of those two games we fell f- what, three games behind because of one of the bowling goal gates. Right? that's fine, you can't help that. But you kept, the board kept the manager on so he could be a treble winning manager when everybody knew it, it was done. They kept him on so he could get his wee treble. So I'd say the Scottish Cup's a bigger factor than any of the COVID nonsense that this club have been trying to spout to us.
1: See this thing about standards being dropped? That doesn't have to be true. There's no, one, there's no proof of that, right? Uh, but it also you doesn't have... look at the
2: hap- table and there is.
1: No, no, what you're talking about is Neil Lennon brought in came in and the standards, the professionalism. A lot of people quote, you know, when they say standards, I think what people mean is the professionalism of this yeah. the Celtic management setup was reduced. That doesn't have to be the case no. because the standards could be exactly the same as they were last season and the season before and the season before. But as you're traveling through this COVID The standards might be the same, but the ability to navigate the problems, these are new problems that have arisen that didn't exist before and you just don't have the ability to navigate them. So it's not really, it doesn't even have to be about the standard of training or the standard of coaching or this. You know, I've seen stuff online saying, oh, John Kennedy's coaching already looks better than Neil Lennon's coaching. Right, that's because Neil Lennon only let the Celtic media team film warm-ups, and John Kennedy lets them film whatever they want. So this, I'm not defending that it might be the case that the standards drop. What I'm saying is it doesn't even have to be the case. What my issue is, is that these circumstances came to everybody's door and Celtic seemed to be the only club, Stephen, that couldn't deal with them.
0: Yeah, yeah, that that's certainly seems to be the case. That with the standards thing, though, it could be that it was a, just a rise in damp, just a rot that had set in two years ago now. And as a result of that, they were ill-equipped to deal with anything that came away. Now, I know it's all very well with me sitting here and saying, oh, they should have just dealt with a COVID pandemic that that basically ruined the world for a year, right? I'm, mm. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is that that came along and basically showed up, that everything was awry behind the scenes, in my opinion, of course. I can only really speculate, but I can only speculate based on what I've seen. And the Dindy United game is another example of a, a game that looked exactly the same as many did. M- many have done this season and that played some good stuff, but then fell off a cliff after an hour because the team just, they don't look fit. I mean, the this, the tone was set way back when when Lee Griffiths turned up grossly overweight, too too fat to travel to France, which is an incredible image, but he was too much. I'll dis- to-
1: let me dispute that though. Sorry to jump in, but I I would dispute that point by saying the tone was set at that point because Neil Lennon was punished uh, Lee Griffiths was punished for that. Yeah. So the tone the tone was set that you cannot appear like this. Not that you can. It was then very he's clearly playing again. set. Well he's playing again now, but he was publicly dragged by the manager. For for turning up in the shape that he turned up in, I agree with what you're saying, Stephen. And after an hour, the team look as if they're blowing and for and you know they've run out of steam and whatever the case may be. But just on the on the Lee Griffiths thing, he was very publicly dragged for turning up in the shape that he turned up in.
0: Yeah, that, that, it may be unfair of me to hold Neil Lennon to some of the things he did in his first spell of manager, but we know from that that he's not particularly interested in things like diet and. And fitness, well, not fitness overall. Of course, he need to be fit to a footballer, but he's probably bringing with him two thousands levels of you know, expectation when it came to fitness. It's Steak it's chips <laughs> for the pre-match meal. Is that what you think, what <laughs> mounds, you think mounds and mounds of pasta. Pasta with cheese on it for, for extra <laughs> no, carbs I know. I know I'm just... Uh, I don't want to rant too much about that kind of thing because ultimately we're in the position we're in and we've spoken a lot about the various circumstances that have led to this point. But to me, just once again, having watched that in the United game, the, the team don't, the team don't look fit or sharp or anything. They, they've got an hour in them, and then some players just fall off. That David Turnbull having been taken off after an hour again is just crazy to me. We've got guys in the squad who haven't looked fit at all. we again, I joked earlier about how it's March and the season can still be saved, right? But the reverse of that is that we are in March. We are seven months into the season and some of the players in the squad have not looked fit for so much as one game this season. They have not looked fit enough. And we can go through the list of those guys, but it wouldn't really be kind of worth it because we all know who they are. But if we're talking about standards, then we can't simply ignore the absolute mountain of evidence in front of us that this team isn't particularly well run. See, let's talk about on the day then. That was,
1: again, appalling for me because... That game was a cup final, as far as that I was concerned. Right. Yeah, that game was a cup final against Dundee United. That isn't that was an important game, and whatever you might think of John Kennedy, we'll talk about him in a minute. John Kennedy, we were invited to a fan media press conference where we got to ask a question of John Kennedy and of David Turnbull. We'll drop that in here so you can hear what we were talking about. Hi, John. How are you get on? It's Jamie from Twenty Minutes here. I don't think there's any doubt that, and it's something that Neil Lennon addressed that set pieces have been a real issue this season. Um, and listen, to you talk earlier on. You spoke a lot about training drills and also the personal responsibility of the players. What do you think the key issue has been with set pieces this season? And where do you think the responsibility lies during the ninety minutes? Is it more with what you do in the training pitch, or is it more about players taking responsibility on the day?
3: It's um, it's collective. Everything's collective. Um, I would never, you know, isolate one person or one small group um, mm. because. Ultimately, everything we do, we prepare them. Um, we allow that decision-making factor, but we always have that organisation. You know, so you know, I've been here in the past. You, you go zonal defend, you can see the goal. It's because you're zonal. Yeah, um, yeah. you know that that old argument. So I've I've seen it many time. So people will find fault in anything. Now set plays, we've had an issue with this year. Um, I think it's a number of things. Sometimes it's been lapses in concentration. Um, it's been a number number of different things, but. We work on it, you know, and you know, in terms of we every week we, we spend time. We've, we've tweaked things. We put an extra zonal player in at times. You know, sometimes when when Shane Duffy played, we actually gave him the responsibility of being centre six yard line. You attack everything that comes, uh, and we'll have everyone else marked up. We'll have the front area space covered up. Um, I've been here in the past when we went zonal defending. We've conceded but this year I think, and again this goes back to squad profile and everything else. We've not got a an overly aggressive. You know, defensive team in that respect. So we don't have a lot of players who naturally, you know, their greatest strengths are, you know, me being physical with you and dominating you. You know, we've got very good footballers. We've got one or two who can very much handle that side of the game. The rest are, are good. Sometimes you come up against, especially teams like Aberdeen, for don't sake. You know, they're a big aggressive side. So at that point, it becomes, you know, about one organisation. Yeah, we'll always have that, and we'll, we'll know what the plan is. Uh, and then from there it's about you know in terms of what you have it's been you know doing that job to the best of your ability you know I could go out and, and mark someone and be man marking them and do the best I possibly can it might just be better than me in a certain situation uh, it might be too dominant it might be too big whatever it might be so again we got to come up with solutions so for that you know it's not an excuse uh, we got to kind of keep finding ways we've done a lot of work in the last couple of weeks um, as, as, as simple as you know, putting them in 1v1 situations in the box, putting them in 2v2 situations in the box, you know, putting crosses in there and working on um, organisations good, but you've got to be clear and executing that as well. So it's fine, I tell you, mark someone, but how how are you doing that? What's the best way of doing that? You know, depending on what your skill set is. So if I'm playing against Ash Taylor last week, for talking sake, yeah, he's, he's four inches bigger than me. Right, I can't let him get a run on me. You know, So i got to be physical before the ball gets, gets moving because the minute the ball gets moving and he's one or two steps, he's jumping top of me and I've no chance. So one, it's how you, how you mark, uh, how aggressive you need to be. Um, if we know there's blocks and stuff coming, you can try and adapt to that and we have different ways of dealing with that in terms of if a team crowd four uh, around a penalty spot for a corner kick and they go basically touching each other, it's impossible to mark them. It's impossible. So at that point, it's a case of, right, okay, we'll get four players and we'll zonally spread out and we've got to be aggressive matching the first, second, third and fourth run. Um, so a lot of things like that, um, which we try and address and give them give them solutions. Um, and then from there, it's a case of, right, the execution of it. And and ultimately, this season, we've not been good enough in that. Um, you yeah. know, we can look at the organisation of it. There's bits we, we could do better. Um Uh, And at the same time, collectively, we all just got to find find the answers for that moving forward and learn from it.
0: It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation.
1: But another thing John Kennedy said at the fan media press conference was, you know, trying to get back into these winning habits, simplifying the instructions for the players. And and kind of, Melly, it's something that you've been speaking about on the podcast all season is when they've got clear instructions and strong coaching, they can rely on that when things get a bit sticky. And John Kennedy kind of alluded, I might be wrong, but he kind of alluded to the fact that as the game goes on and the players start to get A, tired, and B, a bit nervous about the result, they get themselves in a bit of a flap and he's just trying to calm things down, relax things and give them some clear concise instructions and that's all very well and good but for the players point of view i never saw one player come off that pitch looking as if he left everything on the park that i didn't see it not one player you've got odds and edward committing two foul throws towards the end of the game (laughs) and you're you're laughing but we're trying to win a game of football here lads what's going on and that is and i know the players are you know not immune from criticism and as far as I'm saying Neil Lennon's out the way now and I'm looking my focus has turned to these players and I'm looking at them going not one of you guys left that park the other day looking as if you left every ounce that you had on it to stop making it so easy for Rangers you just rolled over and let your bellies get tickled Melly
2: yeah it was something I spoke about it on the previous shows. I like look Celtic just don't win so we don't have to have the embarrassment you of did. them winning at Celtic Park but looking at that game yesterday see if we had to win that game Rangers would have beaten us at Celtic Park and won the league. There's nothing left in these players. And I know what you're saying, that the players can take a lot of flack. And rightly so, they deserve it because you're right. They didn't give everything. I don't think they've given everything all season. But this is what happens. We've spoken about it. You left a manager in charge when everybody knew it was done and it was draining on the players. I don't know no, what the players don't have got left that. now, and confidence and swagger—it's all gone from this team. No. I know they're professionals, I know they're all good, but everybody's been in a job with a man, the person who's the boss or manager, and they've hated them. You can't motivate yourself. It's—it's it's maybe a bit unfair to say hate, but when it's not working, it has to change. Celtic but, didn't take that change, but these players, yes, I understand what you're saying. They, they didn't give enough, but. Why, why has it been so long that these players were good players? It's just died in its ass.
1: I, I, don't, I don't buy into anything that you've said. I'm sorry to disagree with you, but I don't that's because fair. the manager's out of the picture. Callum McGregor doesn't stop being Callum McGregor because he doesn't like being a player for Neil Lennon. And they, it's not about not being a player, but if your
2: confidence is drained, if you're literally one in every three games not winning, that's going to take its
1: toll on you. You don't just get that back because a guy goes. You need to get it back though You need to find it You need to I mean you need to pull yourself up By your bootstraps You need to Cross that line and go Right I'm going to make myself proud That's what these players need to do They need to They need to cross that line and go I'm going to be the player I can be And every individual one of them goes I need to be the player I can be I want to win these games And we're not getting that for the players And it's not about Oh I don't like the tactics I don't like the training He doesn't set us up right At set pieces It's not about that Forget all that That exists and I'm not denying that But What we've reached with this Celtic team here is Stephen what to me looks like a group of players that cross that line and the first thing they want to happen is the final whistle going. No one of them crosses <laughs> that line and goes, I'm going to, re- you know what, I've been chronic this season and if I'm chronic the day, Rangers might win this league. And there's none of that for any of them.
0: Yeah, and to, to carry on Millie's uh, workplace an- analogy, it kind of does feel like that. They're going onto the pitch and just clock watching until, what time yeah. do we get? what time do we knock off that, lads? we have got up the road. It's uh, No, it's... it's it's very frustrating. I agree with the elements of what both of you have said, to be honest, that I think, Melly, we shouldn't downplay the importance of psychology. And I think that's what you're getting at here. I think the players are totally bereft of confidence yeah. and mo- not motivation as in being G'd up and you're all know, good go there and do it. I, I mean, motivation as, as in the, the season's over. So we're, we're going to experience that. And it's something I spoke about in the previous show that we recorded live uh, or we, we broadcasted live rather. Um, mm. It's broadcast to the world. is it broadcast? We broadcast live before the before the game on Sunday morning, and we were. I was talking about how right there's a lot of chat about new manager bounce there, mm. but the problem is very few clubs change manager after it's over, after the, yeah. the the season is completely out of their reach. They make that change before it, and that's where you see a bounce because of the renewed. motivation and psychology and all that. We can inject a fresh idea into this. Kennedy might have some good ideas, but ultimately he's been here the whole season and we're not going to really see any huge uptick in the performances because, uh, as we joked about last week, I refuse to believe that he's been there the whole time just saying nothing about it and it's all Neil Lennon's fault. So we're, we're really not going to see much of an uptick. We expected it. And we said last week, it's a whole new world. All we expect of John Kennedy is just just a couple of fresh ideas in there, just to kind of get us over the line. It just turns out we, we didn't really get it, but I do agree with what you're saying, Jamie, as well. That players they're not just drones out there doing what the manager tells them. Ultimately, they have a bit of responsibility, and they have to have a bit of pride and go out and win these games. ultimately they've not been coached well all season, but they still know how to get a game won. Surely,
1: this well, game—that's exactly it. Like how much, how much motivation, how much of all this do you need to beat Dundee United? How much, you know, yeah. how many, it's just us provide the players with excuses again. It was done to yeah. de- United. We, and if you want to look at the manager and the tactics and all that sort of stuff, you know, I'm sure they'll go back and they'll look at the performance. And actually the performance of the first half I thought was great. We created a not, We created 27 chances. We got our most shots on goal all season, right? 12 of them were on target. That's the joint top. The last, I think that's joint top with Hibs back in November, the 2 do game. XG was two points Celtic created Celtic should have comfortably won that game so I'd be looking at that going John Kennedy probably did his bit and I know what you're saying Stephen like John Kennedy has been there the whole time and there needs to be an assessment and we will talk about John Kennedy but there needs to be an assessment on John Kennedy's suitability for the role he's in just now and whether or not we need to accelerate getting a new manager in or whatever the longer this goes on it might be a bit uncomfortable but John Kennedy at the end of the day has ways and he wants to play football just like every assistant manager does so it doesn't automatically mean that he's a continuation for all we know John Kennedy could be sitting watching Neil Lennon going I wouldn't be doing that I wouldn't be doing this Hmm, he's making mistakes here and there now John Kennedy's trying to correct those mistakes and to be honest with you this isn't inside info but that's the vibe I get just from hearing John Kennedy talk that he's seen those things that need to be kind of fixed and corrected and he's trying to maybe fix and correct them for the remainder of the season but my problem I think that game could have been won with more effort for the players I'm just talking about that game in isolation, that nil-nil. I think more
0: effort should have been applied. I think you're right. I think it's very little to do with John Kennedy, to a point, because I thought the the substitutions made us weaker with every single one that came on. It seemed, seemed yeah, to fall apart. One with the was bizarre. Yeah, with every sub that was made, we seemed to get weaker and less structured, right? But see, the game in itself, to give John Kennedy a bit of credit, it was a ludicrous freak result. Taken in isolation, it was ridiculous to have dominated that much and to have 12 shots on target. The, the chances that we did have and not win the game is crazy. See if Celtic had played well this season. See if it was a couple of seasons ago under Brendan Rodgers and we had a result like that. We'd all be sitting here going, yeah, that was mental, wasn't it? That was absolutely yeah. ridiculous With we did win that game. But because of the way this season's been going, we're sitting here going, that, well, that's just typical, isn't it? That's absolutely typical. And it's just the perfect way. It's like the most fitting way to hand over a title is just is just to oh. draw nothing each and not have not even have your uh, your rivals forced into winning a game in order to win the title that we've done it for them. But the game it itself the whole season. Uh, yeah, it does. The, the game itself was you know, pr- pretty crazy that it's it stayed nothing each. Sigrist has made the headlines, of course, because he's made twelve saves in that game, which has his most of the season. He is the keeper in the league with the most saves out of anyone. But that's the most he's made in any one game was in that with, with 12, which is, again, kind of s- speaks to just how how silly a, g- a game it was for Celtic not to have won it. Uh, uh, it's easy to say like everything was straight at him. And to an extent, a lot of the chances were straight at him. There was a lot of point-blank stuff that just hit him. But you know, his positioning is good. That, that's what lessens the need to make spectacular saves. So he deserves a bit of credit. Because you, when you contrast it with Scott Bain, who made a save with his face after missing a shot, a side-footed shot from about 25 yards that took a wee trundle towards him. He somehow missed it and saved it with his nose. Contrast that with our keeper, and it's an impressive performance. So what does does this mean for John Kennedy? I don't think,
1: in my opinion, this has harmed his chances of getting the Celtic job. That's not to say those chances were particularly high. In fact, I don't even know if John Kennedy wants the Celtic Mm. manager's job. Um, There's an assumption that there's some sort of PR schmoozing routine go on with the club, the fact that we were invited to a fan media press conference and this is to sell the idea of John Kennedy, the Celtic manager to the fans. Nonsense, as far as I'm concerned. Absolute nonsense. And see, do you know what? Dear listener, if that was the plan, one, we would not be part of it and two, we would tell you if we thought that yeah. was the plan. We would be upfront about it. I don't, that's not... The, that was neither the purpose of that, that fan media press conference of some people have alluded to. But I don't think this necessarily harms whatever chance John Kennedy had of the Celtic manager I think John Kennedy's done okay merely the last two games
2: Yeah I think so I know what you're saying the players should have went out and won that game but as Stephen said the performance wasn't that bad we just tailed off towards the end and John Kennedy's subs didn't help us but I don't think John Kennedy would and should be in any sort of consideration to get the permanent job it's very rare that a manager takes over from a team and it gets much better because... Things get a bit stale if you hear the same voices, but it's very rare that an assistant manager takes over a failing manager and just manages to turn it all around the next season. That never happens, never mind, rarely happens. So Celtic need something fresh. They need somebody fresh in for, to get the fans back on board, to get the players reinvigorated as well. And while John Kennedy at the press conference, he's done himself at the fan press conference, he spoke really well. I was hoping that in... The last few games of the season, he could build his sort of reputation back up a bit because I think he's he's copped it quite harshly off Celtic fans. We all know that maybe people want him out as well as Lennon. Look, that's fair enough, but I think he's a good coach from everything I've heard from players and coaches. So I was hoping he could do his reputation a bit of good. And if he's still here next season as a coach, that would be fine. But yesterday's game, while it was, the performance wasn't woeful as we've seen this season, it wasn't about yesterday. It was about the rest of the season. Yesterday was just a a, a bad result. We didn't get the goal. It's the performances, the rest of the season, that have cost us. So I wouldn't really lay the blame at Ken, Kennedy too much, apart from the subs. But long term, we need somebody in fresh. John Kennedy isn't going to be the Celtic manager, even if he had won all these games and the Scottish Cup. I still wouldn't want him in.
0: See so on John Kennedy and the he speaks really well thing. I've I've seen that kind of sneered that and kind of held against him a little bit but I'm like, well, hold on we were all angry at Neil Lennon talking I- he's pish in the media talking about how <laughs> he would, like, see see if we'd drawn nothing each we had the United yesterday which we did and Neil Lennon was still the manager he would have come out and called it outstanding or superb or like breathtaking or something like that we were all angry at that and now that we've got John Kennedy who talks sense and breaks things down in a way that's easy to digest for fans and doesn't treat them in the way that Neil Lennon, guys like Gordon Strachan, and to an extent now Martin O'Neill does, mm. treat us with like, as if we're completely illiterate in the ways of football. We haven't played the game because so we strike. don't understand it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So John Kennedy is now doing that. I, I do accept that being able to do that and be able to translate his ideas onto the pitch are, complete, are two completely separate mm. things. But I, th- I find that that him talking to us respectfully and actually trying to give us some information, I find that being sneered at curious to to be perfectly honest i I don't really understand what the problem with that is because it's something we've been sorely lacking in recent months and i know people just to address what you brought up a a wee minute ago there Jamie, but the and some people will be listening that's not really knowing what we're talking about because they won't really have been aware of things on twitter or anything like that but yeah we were invited to to attend a fan media press conference and tell you any fears about how I'm now talking up John Kennedy because we've been nobbled by the club. We are in the pocket of big Celtic and we are being mouthpieces. No, that's not the case. And we have spoken about this and if there's anything coming down the tracks at us that's going to suggest that we're selling the club's ideas to to people, then we're we're not interested in that kind of thing. There's nothing Celtic can offer us that would make us want to do that. But I'm just trying to be honest about Kennedy now and, and I've been impressed with the information that he seems quite keen to give Celtic fans who let's face it have been completely starved of it in recent months maybe even years I find it strange as well
1: look I've not really made my mind up I, 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 to be honest I don't want John Kennedy Celtic manager I think there's better people out there do I want John Kennedy purged from the club as if he's some sort of inept fail I, no I, I, I don't I, I think we're putting far too much here on an assistant manager first team coach type thing I, I, I think that, re- that remains to be seen and that decision ultimately should be made by whoever comes in as director of football or first team manager. If he wants John Kennedy and then he keeps John Kennedy, that's that's for me the way it should work. One thing that John Kennedy said after the game was that sometimes big rebuilds don't always work. And there's sort of been an acceptance that we're going to have some sort of big rebuild at the club. Um, and as much as I kind of agree with what John Kennedy said, sometimes the big rebuilds don't work. It might not be full reconstructive surgery that Celtic need, but there's 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 some invasive procedures needed, aren't there Stephen? Like there's no denying that a lot of the key members of the squad are going to move on or be moved on. The manager's already gone. The chief executive's gone. There's a new chief executive coming in. There's rumours of a director of all these things are happening anyway. So I would I would quite like to know what John Kennedy thinks when he says it doesn't always work. Has he maybe got reservations about the way things are going to go or what? it's it seemed like an odd comment to me. I know um we think that, as we pointed out in this podcast,
0: that there needs to be a lot of change at the club. I feel like a lot of that's going to happen anyway, though. Yeah. Aye, so it's not necessarily going to be full-on brain surgery, but it's at the very least an ingrown toenail removed. It's, it's definitely going to be some sort of procedure we're undergoing. toenails being removed and a
1: gallbladder, <laughs> but we're not getting a full heart transplant.
0: Um, well, I do agree that a large-scale rebuild might not work, but that's not really a reason not to do one, because that's playing it a little bit safe. What also doesn't work is just staying the same and hoping that things get better, because guess when we saw that happening? We don't need to yeah. go back too far to find out what exactly what happens when you stay still, when you know things aren't working. you think
1: there working. is a risk, though? Do you think there's a risk, and I'll put it to you like this, that Celtic are, are basically a winning machine, if you look at the big picture over the last hmm. decade. There's a winning machine here, right, and we've failed once do you think with that comes a risk of throwing the baby out of the bathwater, torching the whole thing down rebuilding it when in actual fact this season might have just been a a bad managerial appointment
0: yeah but it it depends what you mean by Celtic did that because there are many components to that one of which is players the most important of which is the players yes we made a bad managerial appointment but you can't look at the squad and think well that's just going to get better because we know that isn't going to be the case this team's done this team's completely done and most of them, if not all of the, well, not definitely not all, but most of the 1st team squad are going to leave. So mm. things need to change. We can't really look at you know, having won a load of trophies and being successful as, well, that's that's what Celtic do, so there's no need to change. Everything needs to change. Everything needs to change, and the players are going to change, so it, everything is going to look very different. So, no, I, I, I don't agree that we don't need some kind of Restructuring, because we've all agreed at various points this season that it's the structure that I'm sorry to say has led to the success of the other mob across the the city. Mm. And I know as, as much as we don't say, we don't want to sit here and be like envious of them. We'd still would be foolish to ignore the fact that that's what's done for them. Nothing about Rangers is outstanding. Nothing about them. Nothing. They've got good mm. players. They've got. A, good hungry young manager they've got good coaches they've got a good director of football they've got good 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 nothing's great but combined it has been greater than the sum of its parts and certainly greater than the sum of Celtics parts this season I disagree with Kennedy it's inevitable it's coming you can't say a new
2: manager a new CEO probably a new director of football and what four of your five best players leaving isn't going to cause a massive rebuild alongside what we're going to need a right back a left back a left winger all leaving on loan so yes there's a massive rebuild i think it's just another thing that celtic need to face up to this they face up to it. they can't have this oh it's only one bad season this is a culmination of not doing the right things at the right times and not making the decisions so now you've lost the league, you have to make decisions and you have to go make the big tough ones now. We have to go out and say, look, we're not going to accept this and see if you're going to say, oh, we've we'll got domestic dominance, we've been won every trophy, it's just one bad season. Look at Europe. Celtic have been abysmal in Europe for years now. Rangers, this team you described it at the start, Jamie, nine years old, only got their act together in the last two or three years. In the last two years, they went further in Celtic than Europe. That's a pitiful record to have for Celtic. Celtic should be aiming for the quarterfinals of the Europa League at least every season. Uh, Yet we can, we barely even get a game after Christmas anymore. So we have to have a massive rebuild because quite simply, it is going to happen.
0: I said on here a while ago, a long time ago now actually, it feels like about a few weeks ago at least, that I said that Celtic are a club that are obsessed with history but refuse to learn from it. And this might be another case of that as well because These might be, you know, fanciful comparisons, but what if Man United, after Alex Ferguson, had said, ah, it's just one bad season, we'll be fine. And now we're eight years on from that or something like that and they've not won the league again. What if Liverpool had done it in the 80s? What if they've been like, ah, you know, there's no need to change anything. It's just one bad season. I'd be very, very careful about not being... Just completely on a dow- downward spiral and refusing to change anything about it. I'd be very careful about that because what football has shown us time and again over the decades is that nothing lasts forever. And you know, mm. we could you could very well see yourself in a bit of a slump post this. Now I know that it's different in England. Celtic and Rangers are the only teams that are capable of really winning anything in Scotland, but we don't want to be on the in the scenario in a few years' time where all of a sudden We've not won the league in five years here because we didn't take the opportunities presented to us by the end of an era. The Scottish Cup's been reinstated.
1: Now, I, I feel absolutely... Ri- yeah, I've been mean, ridiculous. I feel ridiculous suggesting this sort of where do we go? Because as, as we touched on earlier on, we've set the bar so low for this team that they can't, we can't even have them beat Dundee United and they would still fail to clear that bar. But I, I'm, I'm defeated. Honestly defeated. I don't think there's yeah. anything in these players left. I think this these group of players here... Uh, the ones that are going and the ones that are stay, the ones that are staying it's, I, I actually feel sorry for because they've got a lot of making up to do. They've got a lot of, they've got a lot to prove to the Celtic fans next season. But you can start that anytime you like. You can start, you can make that change next week at training. You know, you can, there's, the Scottish Cup's there to be won. Prevent Rangers having a treble. It's also negative but you can prevent Rangers winning the double rather than not the treble. Um, we've got a game against them which is our next league fixture. Under normal circumstances I would just say Well we absolutely have to win it But I've got no confidence That this team can that this, this this team can beat Rangers But what we can have Is a repeat of the celebrations That we saw this weekend Because I It's one thing Losing the league right And this might sound ridiculous But the thing I never factored in Was them winning it And yeah. everything that goes along with that And the mean. title party They're going to have And the celebrations And their fans Doing the most bizarre things Outside Ibrox I saw a guy take a teddy bear of Hoopy the Huddlehound and strap it to a firework and they'll throw it into the air, which was one step above the guy I saw hold a firework as it exploded in his hand at George Square. So these people don't deserve success.
0: (laughs) They don't know what to do with it. That could be a euphemism for what I also saw someone doing outside books as well, holding a firework in their hand and waiting until it exploded in his hand. hand? Yes, (laughs) he was, yeah. Curious (laughs) lot. (laughs) But but in all seriousness, no, it's appalling. It's appalling. I'm not going to sit here and wring my hands about COVID restrictions and all that kind of thing. I'm t- I'm purely talking about this from a, a football fan point of view. To see this stuff, and you're right, we hadn't really prepared for ourselves. I think we're all, just the three of us, we're all in the same boat. Whereas we'd given up on Celtic winning the league a long time ago. We maybe held on mm. to faith a wee bit, past, a few people had, but We'd given up on that quite some time ago, but we hadn't fully prepared for what this was going to actually look like—the the inevitable winning of the league by by Rangers and to have it so harrowingly thrown in our faces over mm. the weekend there. And I'll I'll have to admit I, I stopped paying attention to it because it was a very real, uh, very real possibility of it just completely ruining my weekend. And I, I'm not going to give them that satisfaction. But see the COVID thing by the way—you you, can It's no hand We won nine in a row last year, and we didn't bother going out and celebrating yeah, it. And then that lot just did what they like. Man, no, it's but it's, it's, it's maddening. They've just they've tested tested the electric fence to use the jur- Jurassic Park metaphor, and they have found out that nothing happens. Right, if they go and just do that, nothing's going to happen. So they may yeah. as well just do it. And the floodgates are open now, so i dread to think what's coming next. But in terms of the quote celebrations themselves, because it didn't look like celebrations to me. It looked like yeah. looked like a, a riot. Why is the default setting always anger? Why are they was angry so about funny, mate.
1: <laughs> So in <laughs> the Discord. World, hate? Club in the disc a, a club built one is. hate is in the discord what i'd put in the discord Bef- just as just as the game was ending, just as it the final whistle went in the Celtic game, I said, "How are the Rangers fans going to ruin their own celebration? Let's play bingo. Will it be rampant bigotry, bear on bear infighting, some poorly organised fan event, vandalism? Well, it was all of those things. It was all it was all of those. The last ten years we've won the title, we've never done anything like that. It's always been like jovial and, 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 yeah. and friendly. Then they win it, they don't deserve it. I would ban them for winning an anything again because they can't behave whenever they do. So that's that's my solution to it." Um, Melly, give me your thoughts on the Rangers game coming up.
2: Yeah, it's going to be a difficult one for Celtic. What a, Now that we cannot lose the league, what I want to avoid is what we've seen over the years when Celtic have been dominant. We usually see when it gets to this game, when it's sort of all over, the team that are out of it, they just surrender meekly and the other team absolutely pump them. Remember we beat them 5-1 at Ibrox when they were done. Yeah. Celtic simply can't allow that to happen. We have to go out there. We have to... Show some fight, show some determination, just everything we've spoke about, but the, the worry is I don't know. I don't know if it's there from this team.
1: It's the players Stephen hundred percent for me, hundred percent is the players the, pl- the pl- John Kennedy can provide the players with the tactics and training they need to not go out and get pumped by Rangers to beat Rangers at Celtic Park. It's on those boys to do it That's, there's no yeah. the bulletproof sh- the human shield is gone, it is on <laughs> the players. And if, if we put in another performance, another lukewarm performance, like we did against Dundee United, then I don't know. I mean, I don't know what I'm going to do. You can't do anything really except moan about it on a podcast, but it's, it's down to Pissing the
0: players 100%. Yeah, I, I hesitate to speak. Honestly, it's like that Jose Mourinho meme. If, if I speak, I'm in big trouble. It's like mm. uh, I opened this podcast by saying everything I ask of the Celtic team, the Celtic players, isn't met. Nothing, that every bar I set is failed to clear. So I'd honestly hesitate to speak about this game at all, other than to just express a bit of dread about it because of all the things Melly's just said about how they could smell blood, they could sense the opportunity to really rub it in, really rub salt in the wounds here and just go out and absolutely demolish this team that are completely and utterly bereft of confidence and motivation as we've already spoken about. Meanwhile, that team are absolutely flying in terms of confidence. They have still get things to play for. There's there's various motivations in this game. None of them really to do with football. It's really just about getting it over the other team, which you know could be as good a motivation as any. But Rangers are in the better position here to go out and deal out a pumping. And I just I, I don't know what to say about that, to be honest, because you're right, we kinda have that again that we saw over the weekend. I was midway through talking about I had kind of deluded myself into thinking that I'd come to terms with this season. But it was only really in the football sense of things I had kind of come to terms with, right? We're not going to win the league, so I can kind of block it out, right? I, but when I was confronted with the rampaging troglodytes expressing their <laughs> um, <laughs> expressing their political views all over Glasgow in the name of celebration, then you know I, I don't I don't I don't want to see that again. To be perfectly frank, that was um, that was a stark reminder of how ugly things can get. It reminded me kind of of a. Not to get too political, but there was a very political event in 2014 for this country. And we kind of saw that at the time as well. Just a load of undesirables taking over George Square. And I don't want to see it again, so please help us out here, Celtic.
1: If I was if I was in that dressing room, or if I got the opportunity to speak to the players, and I was there, I would go, I would honestly open that dressing room a door, and I'd say, go on, get out. You don't want to make it. I've made it easy for you. It saves all a bit of time, yeah, if you don't think you can cut it. That's what that's what I'd say to the players. No, um, that's an office quote for anyone that is not familiar with the not familiar with the well from which we plumb to get jokes on this I was going podcast. To say,
0: if you're not familiar with twenty minute Tims, you mean? Yeah.
1: Um, here's here's my expectation for the players uh, for the Rangers game. Don't embarrass yourselves. Mm, Just don't yeah. embarrass yourselves, and that's that's all. That's all I'm asking. I'm asking you to go out there because you, you've embarrassed us anyway. We're we're embarrassed no matter what happens. Don't embarrass yourselves. Last time on this podcast, talking about the Rangers game, I said, you know, go out and show them that you're the champions. And and this time, you know, I would be inclined to say something along the lines of, like, go out and just remind them there's a bit of fight left. Go out and remind them that, look, I, you won next year, but we'll be back next season. There's a bit of fight left in us. We're no down. This is just, you know, reminding them, getting a dig on them. You know, you might have lost the fight, but you got got a good jab. You got a good hook. You rocked them a wee bit, you know? Nah, not even going to waste my time. Just don't embarrass yourself. Don't piss the bed when you sleep over at your cousin's. That's basically what I'm going to tell Celtic. And on those words of wisdom, let me just sign off. Just want to say a quick Look, we know watching Celtic has been a chore this season. Uh, We just want to thank you to everyone who's sticking with us on the Patreon, who's listening to us who's leaving reviews who's retweeting us we really really appreciate it we know it's we know it's a big old slog and doing this podcast we've known nothing but Celtic success so this is a bit of a strange one for us Um, so I I just want to say thank you Uh, Stephen
0: yes just to echo all those sentiments above Jamie well said I totally agree and thank you same for me goodbye
1: thanks for listening All at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.
0: Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact...